Welcome to Vineyard 61's weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired, challenged, and encouraged by this week's speaker. For previous messages, go to our website, vineyard61.org, or subscribe via iTunes or SoundCloud. afternoon if you're about to see welcome to everybody that's here in the room and everybody that's online and everyone at Battersea it feels like um it's just so good to be together isn't it I um BC before corona um beginning of the year I went on a 48 hour retreat and some people seem to think that it was a it was a silent retreat and some people used to like really took the mickey out of me at, at the time um, because they thought this was like, such a hilarious thing for me to do for some reason. Um, I'm not going to lie, it was a real challenge for my extroverted self uh, to contemplate doing this. But I just felt like it was a real invitation from God to turn my attention to him for an extended period of time. And although it was a challenge, I actually enjoyed it. Who knew? And I just found as that I gave Jesus more of my attention and got rid of distractions around me. He was really able to speak to me. And so today I wanted to talk about one of the things that I did on the retreat and then lead us in a little mini retreat of our own. Everyone all right with that? Um, part of the mission of our church is that we're just ordinary people, but we're being transformed by an extraordinary God. And we're really wanting to explore how through our rhythms and our practices, we can become more like Jesus. And how we can do things, not just out of religion, but being transformed to be more like him. And one of the things that we passionately believe is that God actually wants to have a relationship with us. And actually wants to talk to us because he calls us his friends. He longs to speak to us. Um, even recently, I heard one of my friends tell, her, tell about a conversation she'd had with an atheist friend of hers. And he'd said to her, do you mean that we can actually have a relationship with the creator of the universe? And that's the reality, isn't it? It's amazing. We have an opportunity to have a relationship with the creator of the universe. And he invites us into a space where he can have a conversation with us. Uh, John 10, 27 it says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. But sometimes, I don't know if you're a bit like me, we can use prayer as a bit more of a, like a wish list. It's a bit one-sided. You know, if you're really struggling with something or you just want a prayer answered, you can kind of like shoot these prayers up all the time. And it's a bit like, this is a, feels a bit more like a one-sided relationship. But, but guys, he longs to speak to us. And one of the ways that we can engage um, God in conversation is through reading and praying the scriptures. There's a poet called Mary Oliver, and she says, attention is the beginning of worship. Attention is the beginning of worship. And God is asking for our attention. How distracted do we get? What's already preoccupying our minds? I, I just keep mulling over this phrase at the moment, and it's redu reduce the noise. Reduce the noise. And I just feel like there's this, this, this invitation, this question that keep, God keep kind of keeps asking me at the moment, which is, what is drowning out my voice in your life? Confession time. I think the main thing for me is my phone. I don't know about any of you. 
but it's so easy to get instant answers, quick connection, fill spaces with like scrolling through or, and just not sitting there. Like years ago, even BC, but, you know, before that, you know, when, when there was no phone, B, BP, when there was no phones, you just used to sit there in silence, didn't you? And you, you were bored. But now there's just no space to actually just sit and be still and be silent. And how much of my attention am I actually giving him when I read the scriptures, when I pray? And if he, I just want to propose that if he hasn't got my attention, he's not got my worship. And this was really highlighted to me in this, in this retreat that I did this year. How much do I, do I actually give him my undivided attention, distraction-free? And it wasn't like a, that wasn't a question God was asking me like a guilt trip. It was more like just, I really miss you, Viv. And this is true at any point. But I know for me, hearing God's voice at the moment is so important Having the scripture as the bedrock of my life is just so key. When, when the world is shaking, what is your foundation? And the, I, I just, even this week, I know I've had to run to God so much and gone, do you know what? You're the source of my life. You're the source of my hope. I can't do tier two without you, Jesus. I can't do that. And we really need God, don't we? We really need him. He isn't just an add-on to make our lives better. He's not just like this side salad. He's the main dish. He's the hamburger. He's not just like this add-on that we kind of have to have a nice life. He has to be front and center. He has to be the source of everything. And this isn't, this isn't a guilt trip to read your Bible, to spend time in the presence of God. This is like, I have got to do this to survive. I've got to do this to get through this year. I've got to spend time with Jesus. I've got to read my Bible. I've got to hear his voice because this is a crazy world. And this has to be the front and center of my life. And so we get to use the Bible as a life-giving tool. And it's part of this conversation that's drawing us to God. Um, one of the ways that we do this is something called Lecto Divina, which you may or may not be familiar with. I don't know how many of you in the past have done, like, read the Bible in a year, whether you have, like, a, a, a plan, and it gets you through loads of chapters every day for a whole year, and you get to read the whole of the Bible. And it's brilliant, because you get to see the bigger picture. Lecto Divina is almost the complete opposite. It's more like, how long can you spend on a few words or a few verses? Um, it's all about slowing down. But it isn't, it's not just simply about slowing down and taking notice. It's about the depths that you can go to through Scripture and actually have a conversation with God through it. You don't have to know the Bible. You don't have to have gone to university and studied it. He is longing to speak to you through the words of the Scriptures. Uh, the theologian Dietrich Bonhoeffer, on his discovery of Lecto Divina, we've got a lovely quote coming up. He says... And here I desire to, re, to reveal a personal confidence. Ever since I have considered the Bible as a place of encounter with God, the place where I can meet God, day by day I discover marvel upon marvel. I read it in the morning and in the evening, and often in the course of the day I meditate on a text I choose for the week and try to immerse myself profoundly in it, in order to grasp truly what it tells us. I am personally persuaded that without it, I could not truly live, and certainly I could not believe. I love that quote. 
Like it's a place of encounter with God, reading the scriptures and meditating on it. And it's like it's a dialogue that we can have with God that wants to enter into a relationship with us. So I'm going to explain the pattern of what happens in Electo Divina very, very briefly. And then we're going to give it a go. And you might just want to take down these little headings. Most of them are ours, actually, which kind of helps with alliteration. But the first one is getting ready. So uh, you want to get yourself in a quiet place. We are going to do this in a minute. This is more just like the instructions beforehand. But what you want to do is get yourself ready. You want to get yourself free of distractions. Probably not the best thing to do on your commute, like in a busy tube, tube train or anything like that. This is probably when you're still, you're probably alone. Can I highly suggest you put your phone in another room or turn it off? That's the biggest distraction for me. And then you just simply invite God to be with you. That's literally what you do just to start with. You invite Jesus to help you read his word. Second R is read. So you read the passage slowly. You probably read it a few times and you just let your awareness rest on each word. You almost like look for the words or the phrases that pop out to you. And then as you start to read those words or phrases, you start to reflect and use your imagination. Um, Ignatius of Loyola, who was one of the early church fathers, he would argue that we need to use our imaginations as much as our intellect when it comes to studying and reflecting the scripture. How do you, how do you imagine yourselves into the stories that you're reading? What does it feel like to be walking down the road with Jesus or as part of the crowd? What does the sun feel like when you're stuck in the desert with the Israelites? What does it feel like when you're part of the early church that Paul's writing letters to? And when you're in this reflective stage with your imagination, you can often start your prayers with, I wonder. It's like choke. Um, (laughs) You can often start with, I wonder. I wonder what that would feel like. I wonder what you would say to those people at this time, Jesus. I wonder what I would have done in that situation. And it leads to a different pace of reading within scriptures. It leads you into a different conversation. And so as you go through that process of I wonder, you end up in the response part. Another R. And you take your questions, you take your imaginings, you take your emotions, you take the bits that don't make sense and you bring them to the Father. And you ask questions like, God, what do you want to say to me through this? What are you trying to say to me in this situation? How do I understand where you are in this? What do I need to carry from this moment into the rest of my day or the rest of my week? And can I really, really, really recommend that you journal? Really recommend. Just like have a notebook with you all the time when you're doing this because God is always wanting to speak and it's so difficult sometimes to have all these thoughts but actually writing them down just really really helps bring clarity and then that leads us into the final level probably the bit that I find the hardest which is uh, some people call rest some people call abiding some people call mystery uh, some people call it contemplation but it's simply to sit in the tension of the questions that you have Feel the uncertainty uh, and look upon the face of God. What does it mean to rest in worship and give him your attention? 
This is it's so hard to do in our society, to actually be still and surrender to the presence of God, to reduce the noise. So some of you may be new to Lecto Divina. For others, this might be something you do every day. But you can use these layers, these questions. And scripture is just a really helpful tool to bring you into the presence of God. It's not about getting it right or understanding it. It's just simply seeking the presence of God. And then as we go about the rest of our day, we can just return to the passage in our minds. It kind of like feeds us throughout the day. So I thought we'd have a practice. Everyone all right for that? Great. Um, We're going to read a passage from Mark 10 and go through these different stages together. If you're at home, um, well, actually, if you're home or here, uh, the passage is going to be on the screen. But I'd really encourage you to turn to it actually in your actual Bibles. Um, If you haven't got your own copy of a Bible, we would love to send you one. Please email us at hello at vineyard61.org if you'd like your own Bible. We would love to um, organize sending you one. I was going to go off on a little rabbit trail. Just don't do it on the phone if if you can help it. If you've only got a Bible on the phone, get a real Bible. I'd really recommend you doing that. Anyway, um... Also, if you're at home or you're here and you have some paper in your bag um, or nearby, I'd really recommend just grabbing some paper nearby. Um, if you're here at the Battersea site, uh, in the Battersea site or at the Ballam site, we can't give out paper, unfortunately. So you may have to use your phone for notes, but um, try and be as distraction-free as possible. So grab paper if you're at home. Get into a comfortable position. Everyone, like, sitting upright, feet on the floor, and just invite God to speak to you. Be expectant. God is going to speak to you today, guys. Just maybe say after me, Jesus, speak to me through this passage. And we're going to read it slowly. We're going to read the passage three times. And the first time round, we're just going to read it slowly and just be aware of any words or phrases that just pop out to you. Just be aware of those phrases that catch your attention. So Mark 10, and it's verse 46 to 52. Then they came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, Call him. So they called to the blind man, Cheer up, on your feet, he's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet, And came to Jesus. 
What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately, he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. So just reread that in your own time and just take a minute to reflect. Just jot down any words or phrases that were highlighted to you. We're just going to pause for a minute. As I read it for the second time, just imagine yourself there in the story. Where, where are you? Maybe you want to imagine yourself as one of the characters even. Feel the heat on the back of your neck. Maybe you're catching sight of Jesus. Ask yourself, I wonder. I wonder what I would have done in that situation. I wonder how I'd be feeling. So I'm going to get, read it again slowly. Then they came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, Call him. So they called to the blind man, Cheer up, on your feet, he's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. So again, just read it again to yourself. And as you imagine yourself there, what are you experiencing what phrases are popping out to you we're just going to pause for another minute
as we read it for the last time as a response, maybe you just want to start asking questions to God or just ask him, what, it, what is it you're, you're saying to me right now, Jesus? And just jot, jot down any thoughts or any senses that, that come to you at this time. Don't like overanalyze, just write down the first things that come into your mind. So we're going to read it for the last time. Then they came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, Call him. So they called to the blind man, Cheer up, on your feet, he's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. So just for in this last couple of minutes, just how are you going to respond to this? What is God saying to you as a result of this passage? And finally, just rest, just relax in his presence. Rest in the mystery. Let Jesus' words just come to you. Can I just encourage you to share what you've discovered today? Just share any little uh, nuggets that you just feel like God is nudging you with. Maybe over lunch with a friend or maybe text somebody just to kind of say what you really feel God has been saying.
share what challenged you or what stood out to you. And just return to it throughout the rest of the day today. Just turn it over in your mind. I know uh, the question that just stood out to me is, what do you want me to do for you? And it feels quite a, a vulnerable question that Jesus asks, isn't it? It kind of like penetrates to the core of our beings. What do you want me to do for you? He's actually asking us to do that, maybe even this morning. Just what do you want me to do for you? Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Tune in next week for another life-giving message from one of our Vineyard 61 speakers.